This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. I went way too early on that one. <laughs> it's good. This is my favorite murder. Uh, a welcome. To, a welcome. To my favorite murder. The mini mini. Nope. <laughs> the mini mini. So. <laughs> How? How are we getting more set? I it? don't know. Yeah. It's going <laughs> downhill. <laughs> Jesus. Shit. Uh, I'll go first this okay. time. You yeah. want me to? Yeah. Okay. This one's crazy. I'm not going to reach the subject line. Hello, friends. I wanted to start by thanking you guys for making me laugh. The older I get, the harder it is to find little moments enjoyable. Although I've only been listening for about a year, I can't help feeling like I belong. Hmm. I was first introduced to your podcast by my best friend's gay uncle. I might be 19, but I already know to, and this is in all caps, always listen to someone's gay uncle. (laughs) Wait, did this person just say they're tired of life? And they're 19. And they're 19. Yes. Oh, yes. honey, it's time to yes. go to therapy. Honey, <laughs> look, there's a lot to be tired about these days, Truly. whether you're 90 or 19. Yeah. Also, yay, gay uncles. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, the fucking deep wisdom of this 19 year old who's like always listened to the gay uncles, like that will literally get you everywhere Truly. in this life. Truly. Truly. Okay. I was listening to Minnesota 336 when I heard the wonderful story about Kid in a Dryer. Boy, do I have a lot of appliance-related stories. (laughs) You see, my father's family has been doing appliance repair for decades. I'm part of the third generation learning this trade. And with my Latin mother's idea of a work ethic, I've been opening washers, dryers, dishwashers, and other household appliances since I was five. (gasps) Mm -hmm. My summers consisted of sitting in our back lot, tearing apart old appliances to sort and sell the metal to recycling plants. It wasn't the best place for a 10-year-old, but the family needed help, and that's all I could offer. (laughs) It wasn't all bad. In the middle of the day, my father would give me and my siblings an hour break to play and just be kids, with appliances sprawling on our football field-sized lot. Refrigerators looked like mountains, and dryers looked like caves. We would spend our hours running and jumping from appliance to appliance, imagining the wildest stories, turning the handles of ovens into swords and sheets of metal into shields. By far, our favorite game was light bulb wars. And then it says, it is exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Fucking, that's so dangerous. (laughs) It's like fucking hucking light bulbs at each other. Oh my. It's like you scream, somebody takes off running, and you just try to peg them with a light bulb. There's not a better game for children (laughs) I've ever heard of. Oh. 
with the Hunger Games franchise being at its peak in 2014, every kid loved a fight to the death battle royale. No mercy kind of game. We would gather light bulbs from the appliances and throw them at each other. <laughs> if you got hit, you were out. There were only two rules. No headshots and stay on our property. As dangerous as this game sounds, nobody got seriously hurt. Oh, wow. well, that's nice. Yeah. That's actually a miracle. In one particular game, my brother decided to hide from the rest of the competition. I remember my dad teaching us not to hide in old refrigerators Mm -hmm. because doors would latch from the outside. And before the era of magnetically sealed refrigerators, kids could climb in and suffocate in the airtight chamber. Oh yeah, that was a big fear back as children. That was a very special episode of Punky Brewster. Yes, it was. Yeah, And also I think think there were um in the like late 70s they would run like psas during yeah. cartoons yeah where it's like don't this is not fun or something like totally. that like, it was a real issue and then you it's like illegal to put a refrigerator out without taking the door off now which is right? why you see refrigerators on the side of the road without doors on god it's almost like we should regulate guns <laughs> Anyways, oh, sorry to get like political. Guns should have as much reform as refrigerators. As fucking refrigerators. <clears throat> he did tell us that other appliances wouldn't kill you because they always have some sort of vent and didn't latch from the outside like these 60s death traps. I'm glad my brother remembered that lesson. The unit he decided to seek shelter in was a clothes dryer. I managed to be in the final two, taking out my two sisters and my younger brother. (laughs) This is like, oh, you could just feel the importance of this game. Yes. I was on the hunt for my older brother. I searched everywhere and there was no sign of him. Eventually, our hour of play was running out. We gave up and started yelling that I was forfeiting the game and that he won, but he still wouldn't come out. Hmm. Eventually, we had to call the adults to help us. After 10 minutes of searching, my dad and I heard yelling from a dryer. (laughs) That had fallen over on its front with the door facing the ground. Oh, my God. We flipped it back upright and opened the door. There was my brother, red hot and sweating. He had been in a dryer for 30 minutes in 90 plus degree dry desert heat of Salt Lake City. Everyone was okay. And our parents still let us play the game. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But none of us ever tried climbing into a dryer again. Stay sexy, don't hide in old refrigerators, and always listen to gay uncles. Levi, he, him. I, God, I love that story so much. Levi, we need more of your stories, please. Like, please. We'll just do an extra episode of just Levi's playing stories. Because also, I really love coming from an Irish family who, like, my dad had a paper route when he was, like, seven years old. Like, mm-hmm. the idea where it's like, hey, sorry, you have to work here. Yeah. that, that It's very common and very, like, oh, yeah. regular. And so then it makes those periods of time where then you get to just be a kid. Right. Like, so heightened. And then totally. in that moment, they play, they find a game, <laughs> like, light bulb boards. It's, like, so <laughs> high level, like... Oh, I just love that. They had an hour to get like a lunch break to get like all the fun of childhood in. Yeah. There was like, you know, one rule, (laughs) don't go in the fridge. And it was just like fucking all out. And no headshots. Real nice. No headshots. (laughs) No no light bulbs to the eyes or face. I think that was one of the greats. Oh, yeah. That that was pretty epic. I love that. Wow. Uh, This one's called Clock Tower Murder Weapon Treasure Trove. Oh, Bonjour, friends. Mm. 
Oh, oh! I'm in the middle of listening to Minnesota 338, and you just asked for things found in clocks stories. What <laughs> the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I have about a million things to do as we speak, but I had to hit pause on the Minnesota and the shit I have to do to tell you this story. <laughs> Buckle up. Nice. My dad was a clockmaker, which means he didn't make clocks; he fixed them. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Also known as a horologist. He was always the youngest guy in the business, as unfortunately, horology is a dying art, and there are less and less schools and clockmakers left to pass on the tradition. This means that his contemporaries were all old dudes with old stories. Sounds boring, right? Not this time. (laughs) One of the older gentlemen he worked closely with had the contract to fix and upkeep the clock in the clock tower in our city. It was a big job as the city had neglected the old clock for many years. I think this is how Back to the Future starts. They just start describing the movie. Yeah. (laughs) It was upstairs in the original courthouse that had an entranceway through a small hatch in a supply closet in the men's bathroom. That's how old it was. It was like, women don't need to go. What are they going to do? Fix the clock? (laughs) I don't think so. The first time he entered the hatch, he had to climb a steep, dusty wooden staircase up to the landing where the clock was. At the top of the landing was a section of plaster wall with many names and dates scrawled into it Mm. from the 1900s through the 1940s. Years later, I got to go up in the tower with my dad and I saw this myself. It was beautiful and eerie at the same time. And then it says, I have a grainy picture of it on an old Blackberry somewhere. (laughs) While this time capsule wall was a treasure in itself, that wasn't the best part. The story goes, as he started moving dusty crates and boxes to clear some space to work on the clock, he noticed what was actually in the boxes. He saw a rusty old axe, an old knife, and then he read the label on the box he had in his hands. It said, evidence. (gasps) What? What my dad's friend had inadvertently found himself in the middle of was the storage room for the old courthouse. They used the clock tower to store evidence from the trials. What? He found boxes upon boxes of murder weapons and physical evidence for trials as early as 1850 when the courthouse was built. Okay, sorry. What's wrong with the basement? (laughs) The clock tower that you can only access through the men's bathroom trap door. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great place to play. Let's hide it is essentially what they. Yeah. Maybe they just like, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's logic to that. That's like, you just don't want whoever going in there. Maybe it was cases that had already been like tried and, you know, convicted and they thought they wouldn't need them anymore. It's fascinating. Yeah. No one seemed to think this was a bad idea at the time. And when the new courthouse was built just a block away, they must have chosen or forgotten to do anything with the old evidence they had stashed up in the sketchy stairs. Needless to say, my dad's friend left that day and made some calls to the local authorities. And one of the local (laughs) museums came to collect the weapons cash he had found. Mm. My dad told me this story when I was a teenager, and I will never forget it. What my little murderino heart would have done to go back and see that room the way it was when it was found. Sadly, my dad passed away a few years ago, so I'm not able to ask him if he's found anything good in any of the clocks that he fixed over the years. Anyway, I love you ladies and all that you do. Thanks for helping me get through the loss of my dad. I literally could not have done it without you. Oh, Stay sexy and don't forget the murder weapons in the clock tower. (laughs) Rochelle. 
Well, Rochelle, I'm sorry you lost your dad, but great story. Thank you. Yeah. Also kind of legendary dad career. Oh, for sure. Fascinating. Yeah. It's like kids who know about cars because their dads are interested in cars. What's that like? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's like... I wouldn't know. No, she knows everything about (laughs) clocks. That's so cool. Yeah. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's It's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. This is Carnival Rock Climbing Wall Story. Hello. Since you've been asking for carnival stories, here you go. Oh, (laughs) great. We we did that too. (laughs) Years ago, when I was about 20, I went to the county fair with a group of my friends. We did all the fair things, but saved the rides for last so it would be cooler and all of the children would be home in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's cooler. At the very end of the night, we rode the zipper one last time before heading home. As we walked to the parking lot, we passed the climbing wall. All of my friends told me that I had to try the challenge climb because you could win a prize if you reached the top. Even though I've been rock climbing for years, maybe nine or 10 at the time, I refused to try it because it was obviously a scam and rigged to be impossible. 
Plus, it was $10 for two minutes of my embarrassing misery. <laughs> my friend <laughs> paid before I could stop him, so I was committed. I had literally just gotten off the zipper, so I was still a little woozy, but I kicked off my flip-flops, put on a harness, and clipped in. The wall itself was made of slick plastic, and the small rocks bolted to the wall were also slippery. I managed to stick to the wall with my feet. And then in parentheses, it says, li literally so gross, I know. Ugh. And then it says, and hold on to the divots where the bolts were holding the rocks to the wall with the tips of my fingers. Slowly, carefully, and with a bad attitude, I climbed to the top and grabbed the janky flag that was zip tied to the top of the wall. My friends were elated. The person working didn't believe that I hadn't cheated. So luckily, someone had taken a video. This was years ago before taking a video of everything was a given. The guy watched the video and without much emotion said he'd be back. He turned and disappeared into the dark behind the climbing wall. As we waited for him to return, carnival workers started wandering over since their rides had closed down for the night. Word was spreading that someone had done the challenge climb. Before I knew it, two carnival workers had hoisted me onto their sweaty shoulders and were <laughs> marching me around. <laughs> it was surreal. After they put me down, someone told me that I was the first person that entire summer to do the challenge climb. But it was, quote, pretty sad that it was a girl who was the first one. Oh, thanks, dude. The first guy eventually emerged from the darkness with my prize, an Xbox. What? Yeah. Holy shit. That's why they had to make that wall so slippery. They can't just be giving those things out. Yeah. Um, and then it says, ellipses, which I sold to my brother's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love you all so much, including all of the murderinos. Stay sexy, ride the zipper, and give in to peer pressure. Love, <laughs> A. <laughs> That's rad. Right? The triumph of that story is like so great. Heartwarming. Yeah. I think people that work at the fair or carnival, mm -hmm. they've seen a lot of shit. They're not just going to mm -hmm. throw any old kid up on their shoulders and <laughs> parade them around. Like, that's a big deal. Definitely. Oh, my God. Okay. This one's called Sleepwalking in My Hometown and Others. Oh. Karen Georgia Stephen, longtime listener, even longer time sleepwalker. Mm. Sleepwalking stories have been my go-to for icebreakers and party small talk for years, and I thought they might be up your alley too. Sleepwalking for me is typically similar to when you wake up on Saturday and think you're late for work. I bolt out of bed in panic, eventually collect myself, and go back to bed. Some nights I do this as often as once an hour. Great for anxiety. Oh, no. Can you imagine? Once a month or so, however, sleep me really raises the stakes. <laughs> I have a million of them, but my favorite is a few years ago, I was in a hotel alone in Minneapolis. Obviously, my memory of this is spotty, but my version goes like this. In the middle of the night, someone knocked on my door. I went to see who it was and got locked in the hallway. I knocked on my own door forever to get back in before waking up and realizing no one was in there to let me in. <laughs> I woke up sitting at the foot of a bed watching an old martial arts movie. I flinched when I heard from nearby, are you back? Are you with me? A man sitting on the corner of the other bed passed me the phone. I'm not sure how long I had been there, but this very patient guy waited with me until I was awake. Oh my God. And says, I assume I knocked on his door and then talked gibberish until he parked me in front of the TV. Because I didn't fully have my bearings yet, I tried to call my room a few times before realizing, duh, I'm not there to answer it. 
(laughs) My new best friend called the front desk for me and they sent someone to take me back to my room. One floor up. Holy shit. Who knows how many doors I knocked on and if I took the elevator or the stairs, but this guy really did me a solid by staying chill and not murdering me. And who knows, maybe he even let me pick the movie. (laughs) I'm sure he's been telling this story ever since, too. Oh, and everyone always asked what I was wearing. Quit being weird. I had on shorts and a (laughs) T-shirt. Quit being weird. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Quit being weird. Some other quick sleepwalking greatest hits. I fell asleep on the CTA red line train in Chicago, took it to the end of the line, got out and walked a block. Ooh. Took all the clothes out of a dresser drawer, stuffed them in a suitcase, and put the suitcase at my front door. <laughs> Woke up with my pockets full of granola bar wrappers, assumed I'd eaten them all, found the box full of unwrapped bars safely in the cabinet later. <laughs> Can you imagine if sleep, you walk in the kitchen and there's just someone fucking like your separating is- out, <laughs> just making all those granola <laughs> bars stale immediately. And the last one is texted a friend. Oh, no, Whitney Houston died like five years after she died. (laughs) It's still affecting all of us to this day. (laughs) Truly, truly. Stay sexy and in bed, Ryan. Oh, man. (laughs) I love Sleepbox stories. Send them, please. That is, it's so, it must be really unnerving. It must be scary. Oh, my God. The only thing that ever happened to me that was like, I could understand that from as I once woke up on the couch uh, as like a teenager, like ha- I was sleeping, the phone started ringing and I started grabbing for the cordless phone that was sitting on the couch and I just kept grabbing it and I couldn't pick it up and I couldn't answer the phone. And as I'm coming to, I realized I was grabbing my foot. <laughs> it was just my foot that I thought was the cordless phone. And it was the fucking weirdest it was ringing, but the phone was like somewhere else. But it, well, I just was like trying to answer my foot. And, and basically you went from understanding what's happening in dream to like yeah. you, you watched yourself come up out of that. And then that's the weird thing. Normally, we don't experience the switching from dreaming to being awake. Right. And you like basically had to come to. Oh, I was just like, what is happening what in the hell? Okay. The subject line of this email is, my dad has an 80s era world record. Hmm. Good morning, ladies. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) I like that. I'm writing you from the sweaty underbust of America, South Texas. (laughs) Oh, it's so hot there. Oh, oh, so so hot. I was listening to the latest episode called Why Pigeons. And (laughs) every time Mm -hmm. I hear those titles Mm -hmm. um, and y'all were saying how big the Guinness Book of World Records was in the 80s. And I knew I needed to write in. My dad was born in 65 and grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. As you can imagine, being a Mormon teenager in the 80s was quite boring. They didn't drink, didn't do drugs and didn't really get into any trouble whatsoever. So what else do you do? You break a world record, of course. Mm -hmm. Imagine it. The year is 1982. My dad and his friends were 16 through 17. They decided to break a world record for jumping on the trampoline as a group. They called the Guinness people. I don't know if they have official names. And they set a date. <laughs> a, few, a few weeks later, a Guinness guy came out and watched seven teenagers jump on a trampoline for 37 hours. <laughs> All of this is a time capsule. And that is insane. My dad said that they were allowed 10 minutes every hour to go to the bathroom, get food, etc. But one of them had to be jumping at all times. So they took staggered breaks. 
After 37 hours, they called it, and they were officially the world record holders for a group <gasps> trampoline jumping. My dad still has the plaque that they give you, and this is his number one go-to party story. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. I love it. Hell yeah, yeah, it is. You walk through the door of that party yelling, <laughs> I am a Guinness world record holder. They were the only world record holders for a few weeks, and then someone else jumped for longer than them. But oh my God, that's what? heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. For a few weeks, you don't even get it for a year. Uh, totally. Uh, but those few weeks were the most glorious of their teenage <laughs> lives. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. I look forward to episodes every week, so I have something to listen to while my toddler watches Blippy, Megan. <laughs> oh my God, Megan. Blippy. That is that is great. <laughs> I I just love that our listeners know the assignment. Yes. Like we didn't ask. We just talked about it for a minute. And then of course we want to know your fucking dad's world record story. Of course we, we do. want to know was your dad the Guinness guy that went to watch teenagers trampoline jump for 37 hours? Yes. Like, what about that story? What's his, what was his life? Was he on the road all the time finding rando Guinness fucking people? Did he have a special stopwatch? Did he have a backup stopwatch? Like <laughs> clipboard? What's the deal? Anything. What is, what is going on? Anything at all. Oh, my God. Amazing. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, my last one's called Afterlife Story. I let my child watch someone die. And then it says, instead of lighthearted, it says happy. <laughs> okay, if you insist, it doesn't sound great right now. Gotta tell you. Yeah. Hi there. You asked for afterlife stories. So here's a sweet one I will never forget. Nine years ago, we said goodbye to my papa. During his final moments as he passed away, my son Rockwell, only a year old at the time, was in the room, and I remember worrying if he should be there at all, as we were all grieving, crying, and weeping, and I didn't want to upset him. Mm. But he was quiet and calm, so I thought, he's just a baby, he won't remember any of this. Then fast forward a few years, he's three years old, I'm scrolling on Facebook, and this picture of my papa holding him as a newborn pops up, and Rockwell asked to see it. After looking it over a minute, he said, hey, I like that guy. Mm. I told him this was his great papa, who he had been as a little baby, but was now in heaven. Oh, yeah, I know, he replied matter-of-factly. I paused and said, you know? Because I had never really talked to him about his papa dying or the fact that he was in the room when it happened. <laughs> and it says, because why would you? Yeah, exactly. 
And then with the innocent genuineness only a child can possess, he looked up at me with sweet, sincere eyes and said very seriously, yes, I know, Mama. I was there and I saw all the angels that day. (gasps) I was simultaneously hit with disbelief, a little freaked out and emotional all at once. I just started bawling. Quote, everyone was so sad, but the angels weren't. And he was happy. Oh he said, and shrugged and went back to playing a game on his tablet. He's 10 years old now. And when I ask him about it, he doesn't remember. But I truly believe he saw, quote, all the angels that day. Stay sexy and know that sometimes kids see things we don't. Courtney. Courtney. Oh. And he was happy. And he was happy. Similar to the one from the last show we just recorded. Yeah. I like that theme. Me too. Oh. Amazing. Another amazing batch. These are great. Another great batch. If you want to send yours in, if you want to be a contender, send it to my favorite murder at Gmail. It's not the pressure is not as high. It's really as not. Just tell us a good story. You know what yeah. that includes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because all your friends who filled up this mini so just showed it to you. So do what they did and then some. Exactly. And in the meantime, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Give Yeah. Elvis, do you want a cookie? has been an exactly right production our producer is alejandra keck this episode was edited and mixed by liana squilacci email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to my favorite murder at gmail.com follow the show on instagram and facebook at my favorite murder and twitter at my fave murder goodbye, goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.